Ladies and gentlemen, this is 11.60 a.m. news. Your host of the most hopsy baby boy coming at you live and on location from our Fayetteville, North Carolina studio. Up here in the high rises, looking over the big shoots. Episode number 54, folks. 54, what does that mean to you? (laughs) Probably not much. If you're talking about the NHL, you might think of Adam McQuaid. I didn't know who was going to come up when I thought of 54. Literally not one person came to mind. I think Danny Briere wore 54 when he played for Buffalo. That year they were nasty. Came out the gates hot. They had that cool jersey with like they were blue back then. Like before they went back to the ones now, it had like the, it looked like the saber was like morphing, you know? It was like fast. It was a fast Buffalo saber at that point. But Adam McQuaid gets the nod at 5'4. Um, he played for the Boston Bruins from 2009 to th- 2018, the New York Rangers in 2018-2019, and the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019 at the tail end there, getting traded at the deadline. I believe that was his last year. He had 73 points, 16 goals, 57 assists in 512 games. Um, McQuaid never had more than 15 points in a season. The six foot four, 200. 10-pound defenseman still played a key role for the Bruins when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. That was a clip off an NHL website. It was the NHL website. Like, who's the writers for the NHL? Although McQuaid never had more... Like, what a stupid way to open up a sentence about the greatest player to ever wear a number in what is supposed to be deemed the greatest hockey league ever. The writers are not cutting it, folks. Adam McQuaid, though, I like the way he played. He's a tough motherfucker. Tough guy, tough kid, played the game the right way. No, but he was a nail. You would never um, attribute, you would never bring up points when talking about Adam McQuaid. That was not what he did. He was just a solid 5'6 defenseman, tough as shit. You know, you can't have all six defensemen ripping Beano biscuits from the blue line. You got to have some guys playing, you know, solid, simple game. That's what he brought. I actually worked with his cousin at a bar in Calgary. Forget her name. She was a really nice girl, though. He's from PEI. Played for the Sudbury Wolves. And fuck me in the mouth if I'm wrong. I don't believe I am. Um, when Before there were teams in the queue in PEI, kids that were born in PEI, they could like choose to go to the O, the OHL, or the Q. Not sure if that's 100% true. I don't know. I tried to look that up before this pod. I couldn't find anything to say that that was true, but I, for some reason, believe that is the truth. And I'm standing by it here on the airwaves. Someone told me that or something once, so uh, that's a cool little fact for you, okay, to, to now know. Um, but if we're talking about the MLB, we have a man by the name of Goose Gossage. I believe his name was Ralph, but he's known as Goose. Do you imagine me named Goose Gossage? He wore a lot of uniforms during his 22-year career in the MLB, playing for nine teams over that span. But one thing never changed, the number on the back of his jersey, the number 54. Gossage, I hope I'm saying that name, Gossage. G-O-S-S-A-G-E. Arguably paved the way for guys like Hoffman and Rivera to do what they did best. As many believe, he pioneered the closer's role. He recorded 310 saves of his own during his 22-year career at a time when the statistic was relatively unknown. He was a nine-time All-Star and was inducted into Cooperstown in 2008 as a member of the New York Yankees. Gossage also pitched for the White Sox, A's, Rangers, Mariners, Padres, Cubs, Giants, and Pirates during his career. He retired in 94 as a 42-year-old. 22-year career. 42-year-old. Still cutting around the MLB. 
That's pretty legendary. Nine teams, that's a mouthful. I'm sure that guy has some stories. Imagine you got Goose in the fucking old pod, what he'd be up to. We wouldn't want to know, all right? Think about it. Number 54, if we're talking about the NBA, is our friend Horace Grant. He was uh, featured lots in that Last Dance documentary about the Bulls. Apparently he wasn't a big fan of what uh, uh, Michael Jordan said about him, but whatever. He was the guy with the hilarious glasses, the great spectacles. And um, it says there were quite a few players who have worn number 54, most of whom were role players, including the guy who was best to wear number 54, and that is Horace Grant. Grant averaged 11.2 points, 8.1 rebounds, 2.2 assists, a steal, a block on 50.9% shooting, 69.2% from the free throw line, and was a member of four championship teams. Good for you, Horace. Did he wear those spectacles because contacts were not available? Contacts weird me the fuck out. My roommate has contacts, and I see him there. I'm trying to go, like, brush my teeth, get ready for bed. And, like, you know how sometimes, you know, you're your roommate. You don't care. You go in there, take a piss when he's doing, brushing his teeth, whatever. It's not weird. If the guy's touching his eyeballs with his contacts, I'm not going in there. What if I by accident bumped his elbow, and he, like, poked his eye out, and it rolled down the floor? I have a big fear of contacts. Why didn't Horace wear contacts? Why do you wear those specs? There's not many hockey players that have ever worn glasses. There's someone, I remember having a hockey card from way back and the guy wore glasses. That's kind of nails, but I mean, I never really think about it, but I'm assuming a lot of guys have contacts. A lot of guys have vision issues. Just something that just weirds me the fuck out. Number 54, if we're talking about the NFL, is Randy White. Randy White for the Dallas Cowboys. Probably the most Dallas Cowboys name you could ever have. Randy White. Google them too. He's just got a classic 70s football haircut with a nice little porn stash. He was the number two overall pick in 1975. He collected 1,104 tackles and 111 sacks in 14 years. He earned the Super Bowl co-MVP honors in 1977 and NFC Defensive Player of the Year honors in 1978. Imagine playing the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys in 1978. Could only imagine. It'd be foolish, probably. You'd be God down there. What I know, What do I know? Never been to Dallas. How do I know that place even exists? Someone came up to me the other day and they were like, Hopsy, what would be your number one choice of advice for a young group of athletes or a young group of anyone perspiring to be anything, really? And I said, that's funny you should ask because I get this question all the time. And I know I've done hockey camp. I've done camps with our youth before in sports and other things too. I've guided the young to an extent. And there's one thing I always do. I get down on one knee. I say, bring it in here, kids. Bring it in. Bring it in nice and fucking close here. I want to talk to you. You bring them in a little closer. Makes them feel like you care. And then I say, there's one thing in this world. I'm talking about sports here, but this can be applied to anything. There's one thing in this world. That can, that can greatly help you get to the next level. And that is your father's respect. Some people might say, no, no, if you don't have a father, it could be your mother, your, your caregiver. The one who is in command of bringing you to this activity. The one that pushes you to care. The one that makes you want to try. It'll all be easier if you win over your father's respect. 
Because when you're cl- when you're clenching that stick a little tight, and you look up into the stands and you see a guy telling you to move your fucking ass a little harder. Or you get out of a tough game and you come into the lobby and no one's waiting there for you. And then you got to take your bag over your shoulder and you're walking across the icy parking lot and he's parked real far away. So no one can scratch the LeBaron. And you just see him. You're walking there. Shades are drawn. You have to just make awkward eye contact as you walk your way to the vehicle, put your gear back into the car. Might get a reamin' on the way home. Who knows? Everything's a lot easier, kids. When you have your father's respect. You wanna take you wanna do something? Take the garbage out and do it on time. Make your bed, do your homework, be a good kid. It'll help you be a better athlete. Be better at whatever activity that you're trying to do. Again, this isn't just father. This is this is mothers. This is caregiver. This is anyone. But as we all know, that is neither here nor there. You know what always really pisses me off is like I had a group of friends this year and we were gonna do a Secret Santa. Secret Santa is awesome. I always think it's hilarious. You know, even if the gift limit on it is like thirty dollars, like you know, it's got to be a joke. Like you don't go. Don't go lazy and buy a guy like a toque or like an actual gift. Like it's an opportunity to make fun of the other person in a lighthearted way that isn't like too offside. You know, you're not being mean, but it's, it's, it's supposed to be funny. It's a really good time. I love Secret Santa. Always fucking have. But when they like it gets the holidays are tricky. We know they get busy. Shit gets pushed around. People are on the go. People are really busy. It's hectic. But when a, when a secret Santa gets pushed after Christmas, like whenever people are always like, that's always like something that says like a group of people want to do something like that gift exchange, secret Santa. It's always like, ah, well, worst comes to worst. We'll just get her done in the new year. I'm like, no, it's not what we do. You don't miss Halloween and just start banging on fucking doors the week after because you didn't get her in. Or start throwing candy at people walking on the road because you didn't pass any out that night. Like, it doesn't work like that. The holiday is fucking over. So I'm a little disappointed. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to do a Secret Santa with a big group of guys. It's always a, it's a good moment. And, and when I say a big group of guys, I mean the team I'm on. And those are always, you know, really good times. Just, you know, it's a bonding experience. It really is. Um... I have a couple good stories, I guess. I don't know why I'm talking about this right now, but I just, I thought it like I, I wanted to transition into this one, but I'll ne- I'll never forget this story. I'm just gonna tell it. Like, who cares? This is amazing. And um, what a couple years ago, like we were doing Secret Sand on a team I was on. Um, I can't even remember if it was junior or if it was school. I just won't I won't differentiate between between the two. But this is something that. You know, you do it all level of hockey or whatever. But anyways, one time a guy, oh, just fuck, I don't even know if I should say it, but at the end of the day, like, who cares? Like, some people I know will know about this story. I won't say names, and uh, it's just a funny fucking story. Like, it, it was really funny. Like, I can't reiterate how Secret Santa is supposed to be a gag. Like, you're supposed to make jokes, like like things that, like, you know, you wouldn't just go out there and just say you know, there's maybe there's a little story behind it with a gift, like why you bought it. You know what I mean? You make something up. Like I remember one year I got like a goalie, a fishing net or something like that so we could stop the puck. Like just something stupid, you know? It, it's just got to be funny. You know, it's got to get the people going. 
But um, so one year we're doing this Secret Santa, and a guy comes up, and and this is like a guy that I didn't expect him. Some guys take it easy, you know. Like I said, they take the easy road, which is just buy a nice gift, buy him something, say you, you spent some money. That's lazy. This guy went all in, and he he did some research, and he wanted a little bit of a story behind his Secret Santa gift. And anyways, so let's just get to it. So my buddy buys him. Let's just say, the you know how Secret Santa works. I'm just babbling on at this point. But, you know, you draw your name out of the hat, you get who you get, and then you go from there. So you don't know who got you. And whoever gives out, you know, someone starts it off, and then, you know, you get your gift given to you, and then that guy, you know, whoever, after he unwraps his gift, he'll give whoever needs their gift to them. And, it's, you know, that's how it goes on, so on and so forth. I don't think I need to explain the rules of a fucking Secret Santa. Getting a little carried away here. But the guy who was to get a gift for someone else, let's just say, the recipient of the gift was a guy known to have a little bit of fun. Maybe, um, you know, hang out with multiple girls at a, at a single time. Maybe, you know, that kind of thing. He was known to be maybe a bit of a, a serial dater or something, we'll say. You know, he just he, he used to get in, th- in thick water, like hanging out with, you know, a certain couple girls, and then one would find out, and the other one would be pissed. Yada, yada, yada. It was fucking, you know, it's it's so my buddy who has him in the Secret Santa, he buys him like a little miniature blow-up doll. It was from like one of those stupid stores like Spencer's or something like that. And like, you know, you could just give that to a guy and some guys won't even say anything. That's what some people would do. They would just hand them that and be like, ha-ha, this is a blow-up doll. But no, he proceeds to then unwrap this little note that he's written with it and he just kind of starts rambling off this speech. And he goes, hey, buddy, I got you this new girlfriend here for you because maybe this one won't kiss and tell and immediately like we all fucking kind of like we all kind of fucking like there was a silence in the room because you know there's certain jokes you make to certain people and they they take it well this was a joke made to a guy that i in if, if it was my gift i would make it i would still get him a great gift this would not be the direction i would take this is on the borderline fence I mean, this is your discretion. Is this crossing the line? Because this is somewhat of the behavior that was going on from the recipient of the said gift. But he just lost it. He, like, fucking not didn't fight the guy, but, like, shoved him into the wall, fucking was pissed, and was gone. He was out the fucking door, and his night was over. We didn't see him again for the rest of the evening. It's quite interesting. So that was fucking hilarious. I might not have told that that well, but I wasn't expecting to say this. I just kind of rambled it off the top of my head. But this isn't a. This is like the worst. I, we were talking about the Secret Santa today. Got me thinking, and then it brings me back to like one of my like least favorite memories ever. That at the time I thought was one of the most awkward things I'd ever done. But we were doing a gift exchange in junior hockey. Um, this wasn't a Secret Santa. This was a gift exchange, and it was like at someone's billet house. And, um, you know, it was one of those billets that obviously have like multiple guys and it always seems the ones that have like more than that are hosting more than like two people at a time, you know, once they get up to three and four billets living in the house, you know, those people are obviously getting pretty fucking involved. Like they have the ability to have a lot of people over. So that's usually somewhat the spot that ends up having a lot of dinners and whatnot. And this was one of those. And, um, so anyways, I don't know why I just always had the vibe that this billet family just wasn't a fan of me. 
And I used to say this stuff all the time when I was younger. I just always had this feeling that people didn't like me. I used to say it to everyone. They'd be like, would you shut up? You say that about everyone. But this was different. Like, I really don't think these people liked me. I'm not sure why. They had a huge family. They were great people. I loved them. They hosted dinners. They were, I, I, I don't know if I was wrong in what I was seeing, but I just never got, I got the vibe that these people weren't fans of me for some reason. So anyways, we're at their place. We're having a great Christmas uh, meal, and then we were playing um, the gift exchange game. You know, you... You know what the gifts are. You go there, you grab it, you see one you want, you keep going until the game's over. So we're playing that game, and, like, we're playing this with, like, a bunch of my teammates. There's a bunch of um, relatives of the Billet family there. Like, there's a big crowd. There's a lot of people involved in this game. Like, there must be 30 heads in this gift exchange. So a lot of, like, you know, a lot of eyes, a lot of people watching. Like, it's fun time. Like, it's an activity, so everyone's kind of, you know, on the same page, like, kind of in tune with each other. And, you know, the game starts and we're going around and, you know, there's a bunch of little kids playing and, you know, we're having fun. And then I have this gift in my hand. I can't even remember what it was. I'm not sure if I wanted to keep it or if I was looking to get, get away with it. But this little kid who was a relative of this Billet family who, again, I must reiterate, I had the vibes that they didn't like me. And then this kid just, like, storms up to me and he, like, he was a little kid. And, like, you know, like, I'm not sure if this was me being self-conscious because I already feel like these people hate me but I just felt like the kid the way he grabbed it from me it was like a snatch it's almost like he was he was sending a message and then I was kind of just like taken aback and then you know that mean girls quote you know and like I forget when they even say it in the in the film but it's like fatitude like that's fatitude like wow like fat attitude like like you know what I mean like that's what they're saying I don't think they're calling anyone fat but it's like fatitude Anyways, I always thought that was funny, and you know what, people always say movie quotes, like, I feel like that was something, if someone did something with attitude, I'd see, like, fatitude, like, that would just be something, f funny, a funny response, just, so, you know, a little movie quote, people, we can connect over that, have a quick giggle, that's what the, that's what life's about, the little things, right, but anyways, so I say that when this little kid has snatched this gift from me, and I'm not saying, like, this kid wasn't a big boy, but he was definitely, like, he wasn't Slim Jim either, like, this kid was, like, a bigger kid for his age bracket, not saying he was obese or anything, but, you know, he was a big boy, and, I mean, if someone called this kid chubby, I think that would hurt his feelings, like, you don't call a kid that's skinny and a rake chubby, because he'd be like, well, I'm, what, like, this kid was, like, if you called this kid chubby, he'd fucking be, he'd be demoralized, he'd be, he'd be absolutely, you know, that would be very awful for him, so I say this, and then, like, I don't even think of it as it comes out my mouth, but I say, wow, with fatitude, as the kid, like, grabs it from me, and it's like immediately, it's immediately takes the breath out of the room. Like everyone's kind of like, <gasps> and like, I don't know if anyone heard me, but the people immediately around me, but you know, when that <gasps> goes off and there's that silence in the room and it's a gift exchange, right? So people are like paying attention, but they're not. So when an incident like comes that, like all the necks are snapping, everyone's like staring. So every, there's like a silence and everyone's staring at me and I'm just kind of like in my head, I'm like, what do I do? And then it takes like point five seconds into this awkward silence that I realize what I've fucking done and I'm just like oh god and immediately like you know that feeling like when just like your your stomach just drops and like you just start getting hot and it's just like real awkward like I don't know if it was as big of a deal as I thought it was or if it was this was a couple years ago but it was just an awkward moment and I'm overthinking it overthinking it 
and like people are like guys are snickering people are laughing i feel like the parents are like trying to listen in and be like what just happened like what just went on like what was said and i'm in my head i'm like well they're sure to find out and then like as the game goes on a little longer i ended up getting um somehow passed into my hand like a really cool gift or i don't even know if it was a cool gift whatever i get something back in my hand and sure enough the next time this kid's up he just comes over with now this time this was attitude, the way he comes over and snatches it from me. So then immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, well, originally I'm like, maybe he didn't, you know, maybe there was no, maybe no one took this out of like the context that I was trying to say. Maybe that this, this wasn't a big deal. But then that kid comes up and he snatches the thing from me a second time with such not attitude because that's what got me in this whole pickle. But this this was attitude. He fucking ripped it right out of my hand. I'm like, okay, no, he's pissed. And he's on the same page, the same mental wavelength that I am. And I have done something wrong. And then it's one of those things, the game ends. And then like, you know, when you're around like people that are just dumb, like just some of your friends are sometimes it's like this. These are the situations when someone's exposed as just a stupid person. And uh, one of my buddies, immediately when the game goes, it's kind of awkward. You know, people are trying to make conversation. My buddy goes, oh, hey, Harps there. Uh, what, were you, uh, tr- what were you saying back there? Like, what were you trying to say? And again, this is in one of those awkward, large activity gatherings where a lot of people aren't really that closely acquainted. Not a lot of chit-chat. So when there's a little chit-chat, people start hearing. Next, start turning again. Here goes my stomach again. Dropped. The, the fucking hot, the, the sweats start coming back. I just feel like I'm in the absolute burner here. And I don't really remember the rest of the night. I must have blacked out from just fear. My memory stops there. But I must have been like... <coughs> I don't know. This was junior age at some point. So, whatever old I was then. But it was a really awkward situation. I'm not sure if I explained that very well. But it was a really trying time for me. And... I often think back, like, you know, it's, it's it was one of those situations, it was like, I'm not 100% sure still if that was what was taken from my mouth and people are thinking that that's what I said. So it's like, do you go apologize? You're not going to go apologize and address a situation that you don't even know might be evident to everyone else in the room. Because then if you do, they'll be like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the part where I called your kid fat. And they're like, what? I'm like, oh, nothing. Like, then, no, that starts to fucking a little bit more. That's down a whole other bale of tricks that you don't want to go. So then in my head, I'm just like, I'm just going to do nothing. So I often think back. I'm like, this kid, like, I wonder if he even remembers this situation or what I could have done differently, you know? I hope he doesn't think back. I, like, I imagine now this kid's like, I wonder how old he'd be now. Like, he'd probably be pretty old. Like, he's probably just a gym freak. He's shredded. He's a fucking freak freak and his end goal is to end me i was the moment that changed like i don't know do you ever think about that like was there ever been a moment in your life where a stranger like someone that you don't really know well had an impact on you that like you never forget like i don't know i just said it's like a nightmare of mine i'm like i hope this kid doesn't think i'm a dick for life like i'll always be that dick who made a fat joke which wasn't even a fat joke like i can't reiterate that enough it was a movie quote about someone having big attitude unless i'm Quoting the movie wrong, which I don't think I am, because I watched that movie a lot. Mean, mean Girls is a very good, very good movie. But it was just something I thought about, and I was like, I got to share this, because I don't know what to do, really, I guess. If I did it, I don't know if I handled it correctly, or if I handled it wrong, but, you know, this was years ago, and these things happened, and I guess me addressing it now, putting it out there, if you have something that you, if you want, if you don't think I handled it correctly, let me know. I need to know that I need to get better as a person and a broadcaster. 
because it all matters. It really does. Um, anyways, I don't know where that we ended up going down that road, but we did. Um, this is really random. I'm just going to touch on it quickly. Uh, really unfortunate that the the NHL players will not be going to the Olympics. I'm pretty pissed off about it because, I mean, I'm a hockey fan. We're all hockey fans. If Well, we're not all hockey fans. This isn't a hockey show. But um, I just think it's really it, – it'd be like um, – you know, it'd be like the NBA guys not going to basketball. You know what I mean? It'd be the same kind of thing. Not really, because I feel like you put the Americans together, it'd be like an NBA mega team. It's just not really fair. Like, they should win every time. But hockey's a sport where, I mean, if you're a fan of the game of hockey, it's kind of a disservice not to have NHL players at the Olympics. It's obviously like, you know, I understand why the uh, NHL does it especially with COVID and all this shit and you can't have guys going down there getting sick and it's just kind of a shit show this year like pretty understandable it's pretty obvious that they weren't going to do it I imagined especially just with COVID in general not even all the other aspects of why they don't want to do it on the NHL side but if you're a hockey fan like you got to admit like just to have you have the best players in the world playing at the highest level in a in a team like in a in a tournament setting that there's not many like strong hockey nations so you know I really liked it how they did it in like the world cup of hockey they had in 2016 they had that team Europe that was comprised of like all those guys that you know were from smaller countries that don't aren't that aren't from smaller countries that aren't strong enough to have their own national team I thought that was so cool when they had the team Europe and they had a whole other team like I don't obviously they couldn't do something like that for the Olympics but when you have a game like hockey that has that ability on the international stage to just put together such an amazing tournament. Like, fuck, man. It's a, it's a disservice to all of us fans that they are not going over there. But obviously, I just can't imagine it would make any sense right now with all this fucking gong show. I still can't believe COVID is a thing. This is not a COVID-19 podcast. I try to listen to a lot of pods, and I have a lot of favorite podcasters that I listen to. And they're obviously, like, very topical. Like, a lot of the big shows we listen to, they're topical. They're talking about, like, current events and stuff that's happening right now and stuff that, you know, we wouldn't really want to cover, but it's being covered by everybody all the time. They kind of have to chime in. But, like, fuck, man. Like, it's hard to listen to anyone right now where they don't talk about COVID. And I fucking, like, it's kind of a struggle. Um... One guy I've been listening to kind of randomly, I just kind of got into him, was Theo Vaughn. Like, obviously, I've known about him for a really long time. Um, I'm pretty loyal. Like, I don't really listen to many people. I listen to Tim Dillon. I don't know if you guys know who that is. I listen to this guy named Tim Dillon. He's pretty big now. He's on Joe Rogan all the time. Sorry if you hate Joe Rogan. But um, he's always on there. Like, he's getting into line with some very big people. Like, he has big guests coming on his show. He's a stand-up comedian. But he's, like, the one show that I've really stuck with. But I'm kind of branching out to Theo Vaughn. I really like him. Like, kind of got familiar with him through like awesome video clips that I've seen on TikTok and Instagram. Just little stuff. You know, we don't have to commit to the whole fucking shebang. And you can just like get. You know, that's how. You, that's how I found Tim Dillon. A, a clip that uh, uh, Joe Rogan retweeted. It was just a funny 10 second blurb little skit video, and just fell in love with the guy. I thought he was fucking hilarious. And um, I really hope one day that I could you know do something like that. Like I think it's so embarrassing. But I do love like creating videos. Like I've been a huge Snapchat guy ever since it came out because like I like making like if I see something in the moment, like that's when I'm creative. Like I'll think of something stupid that I want to make on a snap. But I just don't have the balls to 
post that shit. Like, I think it would be, well, I think we all could agree it would be so easy to become viral on TikTok or all these things. Like, you, like it's if you're a girl, you wear a bikini and do a dance by the pool. You could be a four to ten, and it wouldn't matter. It'll get jillions of views. And that's not an insult to fours out of ten. That's just the reality. You could do whatever you want now. Like the 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 rules have totally changed. And then these people that just make cringeworthy content get thousands. They just get th- hundreds of thousands of followers. And for some reason, that's like justification that they mean something. I don't know. It's just like for me to want to be a creator. If that is that's, that's what we I laugh when we call them that now creators. These guys aren't fucking creators. These are twelve year olds dancing on a fucking flip phone their mom bought it's fucking it's crazy but that's what happens and i just i, I don't know I, I think it'd be cool to like start taking that shit more seriously but i just don't think i could do it i don't think i i could do it like i like making the pod and i know for some people that even making a podcast like that's pretty embarrassing like i'm well aware like when i when, pe- when i tell people i have i have my own podcast you take that with a grain of salt because like you know unless you're joe rogan at the moment like people kind of if you're not joe rogan essentially and you say you have a podcast like someone's gonna look at you if you're in a room of 10 people seven of those people are gonna look at you in disgust three of them might think it's cool one of them might even listen to it one time and tell you it's a good show and then never tune in again we're not sure folks my sinuses are driving me fucking wild this town it could be 20 degrees celsius one day and then you wake up in the morning It'd be minus two, and then by noon, it's plus 20 again. Like, I'm from Canada. Like, vast temperature change, but I don't know if it's, like, the stuff blowing around in the air because it's, it's it's not snowy. I don't have an allergy. I don't know what's going on, but I got to figure it out. It's the first time in my life I feel like an area of the world is affecting me, my sinuses. Like, I've never said I had allergies about anything. I don't know if it's allergies. I think it's, it's, there's something going on in this North Carolina air. It's very nice, like, skipping winter. i fucking so pumped to skip a winter. Like, I I love winter. I love winter activities. But, you know, if I could go without seeing winter right now, like, that's not bad. I was home for a couple days at Christmas, got a little taste of the snow. That's enough for me right now. I'll be back in that soon enough. I'm imagining I'll live in Canada. So, for the time being, I'm enjoying not having that snow. Do you know what I mean? It's a fucking, it's a thrill to not have to wake up you know how further ahead Canadians could probably be if they didn't have to, like, shovel before they could go to work? Or, like, clean the fucking car off? Get the, like, shovel the driveway on the weekend? Like, you know how many more entrepreneurs there could have been probably in Canada? How many more creative minds if they weren't wasting their time snow blowing and de-icing their vehicles and, and salting their steps? Think about that for a second. How about this? Throw some boots on and just walk through it. What if it was socially acceptable not not to just like we just don't shovel like don't shovel the walkway like i get it it's nice as fuck to walk on a freshly shoveled walkway but like what if we just didn't do it your car if you're gonna live in an environment with some serious snow and that you if you can't survive without the plowing done by the municipality that you reside in maybe you need a different car you know what i'm saying also, this is like totally random. We're talking about different cars. What happens like if you have a Tesla? What happens if you have a Tesla and like you're on a, stuck in an ice storm and like there's a roadblock, there's an like, accident on the highway, you're driving to the mountains, you're in the Rogers Pass. What if your car, like what if, like I've been on that road where 
a, like a 10 hour drive has become 18. What do you do then? Like, what if you get stuck away from a charging port? It's minus 30. Well, serious question. Like, what do you do? I never thought about this. Like, I got a lot of questions about Tesla's. Like, I love the idea. I love the goal of the better for the environment. You know, that's great. But there's a lot of questions with Tesla's. Like, this summer, my buddy that I do roofs with, Roby, friend of the show, you've had him on. We've had him on before. League Magnus episode. Great, great cat. Um, we were up north doing a roof in Timmins, and it was like after we'd got done working. And I remember his aunt has a Tesla SUV and uh, popped a tire. She blew a tire. She ran over something on the road or whatever. She had a flat tire. And we go over there, and we, you know, we're going to help her with it. And uh, there's no bolts on the tire. And now I'm sure there's someone with a Tesla like laughing at me like there's some easy way to do it. But like, I don't know. Like I'm not an, I'm not this I'm not a mechanic by any means, but I know how to change a tire. I've done it some I've done it a few times. Quite I'm like I'm confident in my ability to change tire. You go to the tire with a Tesla. What do you do? Like we didn't know what to do. We had to call someone. Me and my buddy, perfectly capable of changing a a, a flat tire, were um at a loss of what to do. So I guess all I'm saying is if you know these answers, tell me them because maybe I'm the idiot. Probably am. I'm the one in a, in a fucking apartment bedroom speaking into a microphone on a fucking fold-up TV table chair, uh, TV table. That's what I'm ta- doing a podcast on. So maybe I'm the idiot. What the fuck do I know? Folks, this is episode number 54. Go fuck yourself. Just joking. I wouldn't say that. Maybe I'll go fuck myself. I'm just joking. That's pretty That's pretty messed up as well. We're going to stop it there, though. 54, folks. Thank you so much for having me. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.